WBUR Podcasts, Boston. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and you're listening to The Common. WBUR State House reporter Walter Wuthman. Welcome back. Hey, Daryl. Thanks for having me. Yes, indeed. Busy time for you, no? It has been busy. It's been a busy couple weeks, uh, and we have New Hampshire next week, so it's just it's just going to keep getting busier. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> well, Walt, we got you here because Governor Maura Healey just gave her first State of the Commonwealth address, and in this particular speech, she reflected on her time in office so far. She outlined some ambitious and costly goals for her agenda this year. Mm -hmm. And in the background, the state has had to make a number of cuts to its budget because of a loss in tax revenue. So before we go further into that, Walt, tell us a little about the main takeaways from her speech. Yeah, this was her, like you said, it was her first State of the Commonwealth address. This is the big ceremonial platform the governor gets to use to present his or her agenda to do a victory lap about all the great things they've done in the past year and all the great things they're going to do in the year to come. And so just to kind of set the scene in the room a bit, this was the first time the State of the Commonwealth Address was back in the State House historic House chamber since right before the pandemic. So the room was full of lawmakers and mayors and state officials and business owners, lobbyists, residents, sort of packed to the gills and really excited to see more Healy's first address. And it's it's all sorts of pomp and circumstance. Admit Her Excellency Maura T. Healy, Governor of the Commonwealth. The legislatures form this ceremonial committee in the well of the House chamber, and then they walk out into the hallways and they inform the governor that they're ready for her. And then she comes in, you know, with this crowd. And it took her like four minutes to get from, you know, the entrance of the House chamber up to the podium to actually begin her speech. Hmm. So a lot of hands to shake and hugs to give and backs to slap and, and all that sort of stuff. So the energy was positive, mostly. Very positive, warm, receptive energy in the room. Nice. Now, for the year to come, she laid out what her plans are, what her goals are. And I want to focus on a couple of them. What did Governor Healy have to say about education? She laid out a couple big proposals as it comes to um, education, one being that it's been a problem recently that literacy rates are falling in Massachusetts, even though our schools are usually rated amongst the top in the country. She set a goal to get money in next year's budget to get reading materials out into schools, to increase literacy, and to eventually make Massachusetts first in literacy in the country. Her other big proposal is getting universal pre-K more available to kids in Massachusetts. Let's have universal pre-K for every four-year-old in Massachusetts. Let's do it. So you can hear that was a really big applause line. That's something that everyone stood up for. Um, it will expand on this program that makes pre-K free for four-year-olds in 26 um, gateway cities across the state. So those are places around Boston, places like Springfield and and Holyoke. Um, and so this goal, although it's a little intangible, it didn't set a date, it didn't set you know a number, but she says that she wants to make pre-K universally free um, across the state. All right, so um, let's talk about housing 
because housing is a very big issue in Massachusetts. What does she have to say about that? So for housing, she had previously presented this plan. Um, It's a housing bond bill. It would cost like $4 billion, and it would pump a lot of money into different affordable housing projects and public housing and first-time homeowner programs. And she's also sort of snuck in these larger, you know, changes in policy. It would allow local towns and cities to impose transfer fees on high-end real estate deals. This is something that a city like Boston and Mayor Michelle Wu has really advocated for. It would make accessory dwelling units legal across the state. So sometimes those are called granny flats, but, you know, just picture like a little cottage or one-bedroom apartment built in someone's backyard or, you know, on the side of their property. Those are not currently zoned across much of the state. If this bond bill passed as written, that would be zoned by right all across Massachusetts. And that's something that Healy hopes could spur a lot of new housing as well. That's before the legislature now, and she's actually going to testify on it. But in her speech, she used that platform to really push the legislature to support that uh, really ambitious plan. We're going to take a break, but we'll be right back. The world's clean energy future relies on ancient elements still in the ground. Without mining, there will not be a clean energy transition. But pulling them out of the ground comes at an environmental and human cost. Mining is intrusive, but the results are the building blocks for products that we use every single day. I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. Join me on point for Elements of Energy, Mining for a Green Future, five special episodes. Listen and follow On Point wherever you get your podcasts. Did you kill Marlene Johnson? I think you're one of the first people to have actually asked. From WBUR and ZSP Media, this is Beyond All Repair, a new podcast about an unsolved murder that will leave you questioning everything. Somebody should be in jail for murdering my sister. A woman who's never been believed. As long as they think I have done this, then they're not looking for who actually did this. And that's what makes it a cold case. No, it's a botched case. And a search for the truth, once and for all. Wow, it just gets more interesting. Beyond All Repair. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Be careful. You're digging in a place that's been very peaceful for a while. Do it anyway. Dig. And we're back with more from Walt. Okay, Walt, so those are just two issues that Governor Healy addressed last night. She addressed many more. But I want to talk about the elephant in the room, and that is the cuts to the state budget, particularly uh, when it comes to health care and transportation. What is going on there? Yeah, you're right. This definitely is the elephant in the room because as Healy was announcing these big new policy ideas and proposals, it's on everyone's mind that just last week she cut hundreds of millions of dollars in spending to account for this $1 billion budget hole because of falling state uh, revenues. $375 million, right? $375 million. That's right. From things like Mass Health and the State Transportation Trust Fund, different transitional aid programs for children and parents, 
So she did not explicitly address that cut, but she did sort of allude to the fact that the state is in, you know, tougher, thinner financial times. Uh, here's, here's a bit of what she said. The budget we file next week, I promise, will be balanced, responsible, and forward-looking. So balanced, responsible, I think you can hear that as, you know, not overambitious, spending within the state's means. That did not stop her, though, from making those big pronouncements like, we're going to have universal pre-K for every four-year-old in Massachusetts. How does she plan to make all that work? We don't quite know yet. Uh, There's an important deadline next week where the administration actually has to submit their budget proposal. So that's when we're actually going to see line items, we're going to see numbers, and that's when lawmakers can really kind of dig into the nuts and bolts of this and see, you know, what they support and what they don't. You know, a big reason for this State of the Commonwealth Address is because both chambers of the state legislature in the same room are listening to her. That means leadership is there. And we were able to catch up with some leadership from the House and the Senate after the speech. Steve Brown and I, the former State House reporter and current day host, were running around those marble hallways trying to find as many people as we can. Uh, We found Ron Mariano. He's the Speaker of the House, um, and he had pretty high reviews of Healy's speech. It was a great speech, very enthusiastic, very energetic, uh, with a lot of great ideas. We also caught up with the Senate President, Karen Spilka. She said she agreed with a lot of Healy's policy proposals, especially as it comes to housing. No matter where we go, what area of the state we hear, we need more housing, housing, housing. But obviously not not everyone was in agreement. Yeah. What was some of the dissent? Yeah. So Republicans in the House and Senate have been sounding the alarm for a while, first because of the amount of money the state is spending um, on the emergency shelter system, you know, which, as you know, is really overstretched uh, and overburdened right now. And then because of those budget cuts just last week, um, we caught up with House Minority Leader Brad Jones. He was not so thrilled about what he heard. Uh, And there were a lot of ambitious goals laid out um, that don't jibe with the fact that we just instituted nine C cuts uh, two weeks ago. Don't jibe with the fact that the administration has laid out that the the migrant issue is going to cost upwards of a billion dollars going forward and how we're going to afford to be able to do that. So Brad Jones leads the Republicans. You know, there are not so many of them, not enough to organize a huge resistance to these plans. But a lot of Democrats have expressed real hesitation about new spending in these times as well. Yeah, well, you mentioned the shelter crisis that's happening right now in Massachusetts. How did Governor Healy address that? Yeah, this was a question, you know, of whether she was even going to bring it up at all, because it is such a huge deal but it's it's also been a huge challenge for the administration. So I think people were wondering, is she going to address it in this you know positive, happy speech? Um, and if she does, how? She she did address it, you know, and she said that Massachusetts did not create this problem. That the federal government needs to work on the border, needs to pass money to support states like Massachusetts. But here, you know, they are doing what they can to support migrants who who come here. So she pointed to the success of a recent work authorization clinic that got like 3,000 people work authorization permits so they can actually work here uh, and pay for rent and get out of the emergency shelter system, which is so stressed. But, there, you know, advocates who, who work with new arrivals, who work in the shelters, were not so happy with how little Healy talked about this. 
So our colleague, Gabriela Emanuel, she, she caught up with Andrea Park after the speech, who's the director of community-driven advocacy at the Massachusetts Law Reform Institute. And she was not happy that Healy did not kind of stake out a specific commitment to making sure the emergency shelter system is fully funded for anyone who needs it. I would say it's disappointing that we didn't hear a commitment to supporting our shelters, family shelter system. So I'd say, you know, Healy brought up the problem, but did not go deep on it. Mm. And back to the budget cuts. What can we expect to see as a result? So, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars have been cut from programs. Uh, And the administration says they've tried to do this in the least painful way possible, that there are no layoffs now or in the future, and that this was a necessary course correction to get through the rest of the fiscal year. So most of that money is being cut from mass health fee for service payments, which is a very complicated thing. But the state says that it was for services that were probably not going to be used. And so it's not going to affect anyone's specific eligibility for health care. They cut from a state transportation fund, you know, which funds big infrastructure projects, but they say the money they cut is not, you know, affecting any specific project and that the Massachusetts Department of Transportation is going to operate just fine through the rest of the year. Through the last week, we have talked to advocates in the healthcare space and the transportation space, and they sort of echo that these cuts are painful. They're not the biggest deal in the world. There's not like one specific road or bridge or healthcare program that's going to crater because of this. But the direction, you know, that we are starting to cut budgets is really concerning. Yeah. How concerned should we be about the financial future of the state at this point? I think people are concerned and and I think that's very fair. I think the governor has a really hard task as she lays out her next budget you know, with these huge ideas and proposals, universal pre-K, first in literacy, $4 billion over many years to support affordable housing, the stuff that a politician wants to run on when they run Mm -hmm. for something like governor of Massachusetts. But the reality is the money available to do that, which was kind of flush for the last few years and really propped up by a lot of federal stimulus money, that money is disappearing we don't know the rate of how quickly it's going to disappear, but I think that Maura Healy has a much tougher task crafting this next year's budget than she did last year. Understood. Well, Walt, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you, whether we're flush with cash or whether we're broke. <laughs> yeah. It's always a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for coming through to the comment and talking with us. Thank you. Thanks, Daryl. And that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening to The Common. If you like what you're hearing, please go to wherever you're listening to podcasts, especially Apple or Spotify. Rate and review us. Let us know how you're liking the show. We would really, really, really appreciate it. And now it is that time for me to let you know that The Common is produced by Caitlin Harrop and Franny Monahan with help this week from CCU. And it's mixed by Emily Jankowski, Matt Reed, and Paul Vitkus. And it's edited by Samatha Joshi and Ben Brock Johnson with help this week from Amy Gorell. And our theme music is me by Hisu. And from the newsroom of WBUR, I'm your host, Daryl C. Murphy. I will talk to you soon.